welcome to The Conjunction with Nelia Tinga. The junction where worship, culture and creativity meet. Welcome to The Conjunction Podcast where worship, culture and creativity meet. My name is Nelia Tinga and if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to this podcast. If this is not your first time, man, I'm glad to have you back. And you would know the drill. Normally on this podcast, what we do is we take questions from all over the world that are sent to us here at The Conjunction, um, where we would attempt to answer the question. And in our attempts to answer these questions, we usually either it'll be myself or I'll try to get somebody uh, that I know that might be able to answer the question for you. Now you can hear that I'm recording this in my studio and uh, I've left the windows open because it's just a glorious Queensland morning this morning. You can hear the Queensland birds some of them just chirping beautifully. I love just being surrounded by the nature here. But then others, you know, if you're familiar with Queensland birds, I don't know if you can hear this one. It's got <laughs> not so romantic. But hey, I just wanted you to just get a taste of nature here in Queensland. But without further ado, hey, this particular episode is going to be slightly different. What's going to be different about it is that I'm not taking in a question, but I just wanted to share with you uh, a great a short interview that I did uh, with a dear friend of mine whom I hugely respect. I respect that she um, that she displays in leading her family and her church. Um, she pastors a dynamic church in um, South Africa, and so she's got an amazing prophetic gift. Very a very great teacher of the word. So I'm not gonna go into it too long other than just to say that I really believe that if you stick around and listen to this interview you're going to be hugely uh, blessed by what she has to share with us so without further ado here's Pastor Carol Gossman uh, I'm here with a very special friend of mine who's also a part of the cohort as many of you know I'm here at Wheaton College and we're about to finish up our masters. Uh, we're in, actually in our last day of classes today, and uh, I really wanted to get uh, this friend of mine on the podcast because um, she is a exemplary leader with regards to moving in the prophetic, pastoring, and uh, all that she does in the nation of South Africa. She's the pastor of our church, our Every Nation Church in Roimsik. Did I say that right? <laughs> and uh, so I wanted to introduce you to my dear friend, uh, Carol Gossman. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Carol. Awesome. So great to be with you. And I, what nations are we talking to? Is, we're talking to everywhere. So well, welcome, world. <laughs> great to be talking to you. Um, a little bit about myself. So... I, my husband and I have been in ministry for uh, over 20 years, and we have planted a number of churches around Southern Africa. Really, really love that. We've um, at the same time been involved in prophetic ministry a lot, so been involved in raising up and releasing prophetic ministers, seeing the growth of the prophetic ministry uh, in churches, and yeah, um, three grown children, two of them married. And yeah, loving life. Anything more you want to know? Well, maybe you can um, tell us a little bit about what keeps you inspired, uh, both as a, a pastor, uh, someone who moves in the prophetic, what keeps you inspired um, with regards to life, I guess, in general. Great. Well, I was about to launch into that at the last question because I talk about it very easily. I, I, I feel like the presence of God in our midst is the most inspirational thing that you could ever have. And part of what has driven 
my ministry over the years is just wanting to see people encounter Jesus, wanting people to to just see the beauty and the majesty of who he is. I just remember when I got saved and how it revolutionized my life. It was so so amazing to think that there was this God who is so powerful, so incredible, so wise, that he would step out of his place of comfort and he would come to me. And so, you know, it's not only that he's so beautiful, it's that when he relates to us, it puts so much value on us. It, it elevates the individual to a place of honor that we don't really deserve, but he gives us anyway. And I, I just am, I'm inspired daily by the thought that this God that I serve would, would want to interface with every person around me. So this gives me kind of like a dual thrust in what I do. I love the prophetic. So I love the encounter aspect. I, I would love people to um, not only know about Jesus, but to actually feel him, experience him, know him in the everyday walk, fall in love with him more than just know about him, just fall in love with him, see the beauty of who he is. And then um, I'm the other thrust that I feel is I just... I, I want evangelism to become just an everyday part of what we do. You know, you're talking about worship, but I, I love the idea of how we could, how we could mix worship and evangelism. Yes. What would what would happen if we just went on the streets with an anointed worship band and we sang out the praises of Jesus in a slum area or a crime-ridden area? What could it do to the environment? And then if we had evangelists with us or prophetic people with us and they were able to just start talking to the crowds that, that gathered or talking to the people who were interested who walked by, I, I feel like the, the praise and worship in, the, in that area would enable evangelism in a way that would be spectacular. I, won't, I, won't, uh, I don't want to misquote you. You said something in our class the other day that I thought was really profound. Uh, I'll reword it the way I heard it and then you can reword it back if, if it's not apt to what what you were trying to but you were talking about how we can again i'm expanding the quote we can get uh caught up in the routine of doing church that that's not what you want you want revival and so a lot of what you're talking about resonated with me in in our class uh, because that's something i i want to see sometimes in the mundanity of it all we can lose sight of what what god has called us to and in essence, get just caught up in the routine of it where it becomes dry. Um, can you speak to us with regards to whether it's revival or what that might look like or what what sort of things we can do to maintain that sort of uh, view of God and, and keep revival at the forefront of our, our, our sight as the church? I would love to do that. Um, yes, yeah, so the quote was, um, I don't want to lead church or churches anymore I want to lead revival and I guess that's been a burning passion in my heart it doesn't mean I'm going to leave the church or I'm going to stop being the wow. senior pastor <laughs> I don't want to stop being the senior pastor in any way or or not lead in church but I I don't want it to to become just an excellent presentation on a Sunday I don't want it to just become a set of discipleship principles that we go through and we tick boxes I really do want people to have an encounter with God you know I just over the years, you look back at the revivals of the past and you hear of the dynamic societal changes that came with an outpouring of the Spirit that came from hungry people calling out to God to come and rescue them in their nations. And so I'm just, I'm just hungry to see that in, 
in the nation I come from, but also in many nations. I mean, why wouldn't God want to do that? The Bible talks about the, the desire of God for his glory, the knowledge of his glory to cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. And I just, I think there's something in the heart of God of wanting to be more than just a, a set of principles. He wants to be very deeply personally relating to people. So um, if I can draw a picture of what I'm looking for is I'm looking for a, a place where churches that are, uh, they're going, they're doing the right thing, but they're so in love with Jesus that there's regular manifestations of his presence. Um, there's a tangible, tangible feeling like when people walk in, they can sense his presence. People are having dreams, visions. They're encountering God on not just an intellectual level, but they're encountering God on a spiritual and emotional level at the same time. I, I, sometime back, a woman came up to me and asked me, she was desperate, she'd been battling with depression for so many years and tried every kind of solution and I I remember feeling desperate when she told me her story and I, all I could think of was, let's pray. Mm-hmm. And I laid hands on her and very simple prayer, Lord, please take away this depression. And she, she dropped her knees weeping. She was so profoundly impacted. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, what's happening. Mm. And she, uh, she, after she'd finished crying, she said, um, I just felt this feeling of this wet blanket that I've carried around for so many years, like covering me, that feeling of impending doom. As you prayed, I just felt it peel off like a blanket off me. And I just feel like a new person. And that girl, uh, I've walked with her for many years after that. So it's not like a, it wasn't a once-off thing. It was a once-off thing that resulted in a dramatic change to her life. She's, her and her husband are leaders in our church now. She runs our um, visitors and follow-up ministry. So just an amazing, amazing story of what encounters with God can do. They can do what no man can do. So hungry for, hang, hungry for that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you many stories of those encounters, but I know we don't enough, have enough time. But that—that's my hunger. I want—I want bodies healed. I want souls healed. I want the fullness of what Jesus died for just manifested in the lives of people. Yeah. Oh, that's inspiring. That's great. I'd love to. You need to write a book, Carol, with all this stuff, man. So we're, hold hold her accountable. She's gonna come out with a book. Look out for the, look out for more books for, from her. Um, I guess last question, just given the amount of time we have left. So in preparation for those sorts of moments, because a lot of the prophetic revolves around being able, the ability to hear from God. A lot of what revival will, at least from what I'm reading in scripture, my understanding of what it might, well, we don't know what it will look like, but preparation for it requires us to be ready vessels for when he does speak to us, you know, be able to recognize his voice, having a radical obedience that goes with the radicality of revival. Um, how do we prepare? What sort of like routines do we need to have in place or any routines that you have in place that kind of prepare you for? For me, I'll admit my, my in, in life where I am in Australia, life gets noisy. How do we, uh, what are the sorts of things that prepare our ears, prepare our hearts, prepare a radical obedience to, to, to prepare ourselves for when God does decide to pour his spirit out on our nations? So that's a really great question. I, I kind of look at my life in two phases, that I, I'm a radical revivalist, but I'm also a disciplined disciple. So I, I understand it from this perspective that Jesus talked about when you pray, go into the secret place where people don't see, that, that you need two lo- parts to your life. You need your private place and your public place, and that your private place must have radical devotion to it. So I'm, I'm 
despite the fact that when I lead, when I preach, when I um, am wanting to facilitate moments for people, I try to be very spirit-led, try to take risks. At the same time, my private life is very disciplined. So I wake up at the same time. I um, I have a a Bible reading plan. That's that's just I just make sure that I get through the whole Bible in a year or or less every year. And and it's not I don't have fireworks. It's not like angels don't appear when I read the Bible. I just I read the Bible. Sometimes I have incredible moments, but sometimes it's just reading the Bible because because that's what the Holy Spirit draws on when you're in those spontaneous moments. He, he draws on that knowledge, that deep-seated foundation of Scripture in our lives. So I love that. I'm, I'm disciplined in my outreach. So I'm, I'm running a small group, more than one small group. Uh, I'm reaching out to the lost. I'm getting, uh, telling people about Jesus. So, so I feel like making sure that my private life is filled with the, the right and normal disciplines of Christianity and at the same time, I um, I try to do quite a bit of soaking. I don't know if your listeners will understand what that means, but but what I what I mean by that is I um, spend time allowing the Spirit of God to fill me. So I have this small practice I do when I wake up in the morning. Instead of just jumping out of bed, I lie in the bed and for a moment I say, God, I'm just going to practice being loved for you, for loved by you for a few minutes. So what I mean by that is I just allow His presence to come and fill me because it lays a foundation for the day. And now I'm doing everything from a place of being loved by him instead of trying to get him to love me. So I, I try to keep that in my world. And gosh, anytime there's worship anywhere, I just go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just love those kind of environments. And I love the, the presence of God that comes. But go to church every Sunday. I mean, these are just the normal Christian things. This is what, this is what makes, makes you successful in whatever else you do. Mm. So just keeping those foundations solid, doing the right things, the, the unimpressive or unspectacular things, should I say, and they result in spectacular, spectacular things later on. Well, thank you so much, Carol, for spending time inspiring all of us. You've inspired me, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing some soaking that, you know, whether I encounter God or just encounter sleep, encounter God in sleep. That, that's what it's all about. But uh, thank you so much for inspiring us on this podcast. Well, I hope you were as inspired as I was with this interview with Carol Gossman. Hopefully it inspires you uh, to pursue God as much as I was. And you may have noticed that we were trying to be quiet. Well, I was trying to be quiet in the study area that I was doing this interview with Carol. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't contain it and, and neither could. Well, you can obviously tell she couldn't contain just the excitement that we have towards God. And that's what it should be about. You know, no matter how long you walk with God, you should be even more excited about seeking him. God doesn't just want us to study about him. God wants to to. You to know him, know him in depth, know him in a deep intimacy with him. And that should empower our lifestyle of worship and cultural impact. You know, a lot of times we can fall into the trap of empty ritualism or empty religion without uh, the inspiration that is drawn from a deep well of relationship with God. So I wanted to inspire you, even if you're listening to this podcast episode and you're not necessarily on that journey, I want to invite you into this journey and actually take this time to pray for you today. You know, uh, this morning, as I'm recording this, the new iPhone was released. And for those of you who know, I'm a Mac head. I love my Apple products. But 
to be honest with you, <laughs> this was one of the more lackluster uh, product releases as I was just watching. I was like, mm, meh. And, you know, life can be like that. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going Android. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I was just thinking about it. I was just thinking about how, you know, the things that we put our trust in or the things that have a tendency to amuse or excite us uh, will never be able to sustain us the way that the creator of the universe can. And so I wanted to invite you just in this moment of prayer and reflection uh, to a moment where we can uh, experience God truly together. So let me pray for you. God, I, I thank you, creator of the universe, yet daddy, Abba Father. We thank you, Lord, that we can come into this true encounter of who you are. God, we thank you for the wonder that is found in your creation, the beauty of how you put this and hold this world together, not just obviously physically, but spiritually, Lord, that you saw our shortcomings as your kids. You call us your kids. You call us your sons and daughters. You call us into a place that we can call home in this relationship with you as father. And so, God, I thank you for the death of your son, Jesus. I thank you that he is resurrected and alive and that we can, as we receive him as Lord, as we receive him as the one who calls the shots, Lord, we live the life abundantly that you promise us. Lord, and it goes on forever. It's an eternal life. And so, Lord, let that inspire us today. Lord, let the power of the restoration of the gospel inspire us today. That though we've all fallen short of your glory, God, you still pick us up with the free gift that is found in eternal life. And I want to get a life today. And I know my brothers and sisters who are listening to this podcast want that life that can only be found in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hope that this podcast has been a blessing to you. Hey, again, if you have any questions that you would like to send our way, please do record a voice memo on your phone or a digital device, whatever you're using. Maybe it's an iPhone 11. I don't know. Um, but record it and send it to me at conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be happy to take your questions and serve you in that way. But God bless you all. Have a massive week ahead. Peace. Thanks for joining for this episode. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Our heart is to serve. So if the conjunction has been a blessing to you, you can help by sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast on iTunes so that the people who might be served by the conjunction can find it. You can interact with Nelly on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be inspired to create something great because he is. Grace and peace.